the last few Sundays, I've been doing a series on uh, the gifts that we get from Christ. And this is the fourth in that series. Um, I wasn't talking about the wonderful gifts that bring eternal life, like salvation, forgiveness, and, and reconciliation with God. I wasn't talking about those. Uh, now, this series, I wanted to focus on those wonderful gifts that helps us within our everyday life. Uh, first, I spoke on hope. Jesus gave us something to hope for. He gave us the hope for eternal life with God, the, the knowledge that he was coming back for us. And it's not a hope that it might happen, but it's a hope that it could happen any day. And that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? And then we looked at peace in a world full of conflict and war and, and, and evil and violence. We are given peace with God and peace with others. Last Sunday, we focused on the gift of joy. And no matter what happens in our lives, the hardships, the trials, uh, the problems that we face, we can rejoice in Jesus Christ. And finally, today, let's look at Christ's gift of love, probably the most important one. Because Christmas is a celebration of God's love to us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. The greatest act of love is that God sent his only son to be incarnated as a man, a perfect man without sin, so that he could take all the sin upon himself and be that perfect sacrifice. He gave his life so that we may have that eternal life. For God's love for us, he was willing to pay the ultimate price. In Isaiah chapter 53, Starting with verse 1, the Bible says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness. And there shall be, and there shall see, we shall see in him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as were our faces from him, and he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did not esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. All like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his, his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people was he stricken. This talks about what Jesus went through for us. He suffered like no one else. This beautiful baby born in Bethlehem, the son of Mary and of God, will grow up and go to the cross and suffer like no one else has ever suffered and die for the sins of the world. He took the wrath of God so that we wouldn't have to. 
And because of his resurrection, we have eternal life. What great love. Can we truly understand this amazing love? Well, Paul says we can. In our text, I'll be reading in Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 17. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that you be rooted and grounded in love, uh, may be able to comprehend uh, with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for this time, this day. Lord, what an amazing thing you did. It wasn't something you had to do. But the minute that sin entered through the world, you came up with a plan. That you were going to send the one who would take the wrath of the sin and pay the price that we couldn't pay so that we can stand before you fully and free as your children. If all we rejoice, as we think about your love, let us not be uh, quick to understand that, uh, let's be quick to understand that your love is for everyone. And there's many people out there who don't know you, don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And Lord, let us know that this is a, something that's for everyone. And they help us do all we can so that they know about your great love and your great sacrifice for them. Now, Father, be with us during this time. Touch our hearts, Father. Move us. Of course, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, we must come to Christ by faith, it says here. And to truly love God, we must have faith in his Son. Paul uses images here for it to help us to understand more clearly. He speaks uh, about our personal experience with God's love and how important our relationship is with him. He uses a farming image here. He says you're to be rooted in love. Jesus in our hearts, we are planted in his love. We, 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 we grow because, because he loves us. Our relationship with God is, is our source of life. It, it, it gives us what we need in order to, to endure and to handle the hardships because there's going to be times when there's going to be drought. There's going to be times when there's going to be storms and wind. But if we're rooted and grounded in his love, we can withstand anything. We're like a tree. The more we grow in God's love, the deeper the roots go. His love keeps us secure so that we're not ripped or blown away by any false doctrine. Paul also uses a building image here. He says grounded or established in love. The love of Christ is our firm foundation that we build our lives on. And all of our relationships should be built on this foundation. And our love relationship with Jesus is our strength in life. Whatever you base on your relationship with Jesus Christ is strong. This is what Jesus said to us. And I, now this is what Jesus is to us. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, it says, For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be, uh, and his government shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and Peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, 
to order it and establish it with, ju with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. He tells us that he's building an er everlast everlasting kingdom. He's building something that will never end. A kingdom of peace of which we will be a part of. And we can build our lives on Jesus knowing this fact. Knowing that he has a love for us and he's our secure foundation. Jesus is wonderful, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the creator and the keeper of creation. And Jesus always was, and he always is, and always will be. And Jesus didn't just tell us he loved us. He showed us he loved us. He was bruised to bring our healing. He was pierced to ease our pain. He was persecuted to bring us freedom. And he died to bring us salvation. And he is risen and coming again for us to reign with him in his eternal kingdom of peace. I love. Well, I'm amazed. I, I stand amazed all the time that he loves me the way he does. He supplies all of our needs. He's our shepherd. He leads us through this world. He's our redeemer, our savior, our peace, our comfort, our hope. Every day is a blessing because Jesus loves us. No one can ever love you like Jesus. When I fall, he lifts me up. When I fail, he forgives me. When I'm weak, he's strong. When I'm afraid, he's my courage. When I stumble, he steadies me. And when I'm broken, he restores me. What more could we want? And only his love can do that. It has no limits. And so should our love for him. That we should have no limits in how much we love him and how much we proclaim him and how much we spend time with him knowing the love that we have for each other. What a great love. I may not understand all the time why he loves me, but I know it's true. And I hold on to that. and say, Lord, I don't know why you love me, but I'm, I'm so thankful that you do. What an amazing love. This, uh, this love is so great it's so, and, and, and it touches our hearts in so many different ways so that we can grow in his love. Look at verse 18 again. Verse 18 says, May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. Paul says we grow in Christ in two ways here. First, through connections with people of God. Listen, there's a reason why we gather here on Sundays and Wednesdays. There's a reason we come together. It's because uh, there needs to be a unity and love between God's people. There, ne there needs to be this connection that we have with each other. Because we know that God loves us. We know we're part of his family. We know we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we, we come together in the hopes of encouraging each other, be a blessing to each other, and to be stronger. Last night we had our candlelight service. And if you've got one little candle, not much light comes off of that. But if you have a bunch of people together with a candle, the light is greater for the world to see Christ. And that's what he wants. He wants to put churches so people can come together as a body of believers serving him to lift up that light into the world so everybody can see who Jesus is. How can a group of people so diverse and with so many different interests, come together and be his church and get along. 
living and working for God because of his love, not because of our love. It's because of the love that he gives us, the love that he puts in our hearts is how we deal with each other. And not just God's people, but the Bible says uh, to love your enemies, to love all people. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he died for sinners, people who hated him. And because we are rooted and grounded in the greatest source of love, we are able to love each other. We know how he loves us, so we should know how to love others. Amen? Second, we must understand the passion of God and the love he has for us. He says, it's breath. How wide God's love is. It's an embracing love for the whole world. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He loved the whole world. No one is outside of his reach of his love. There's no one sitting in an isolated place and nobody loves me. He said, oh no, God loves you. It says so in the word of God. It says that he loves you. For God so loved the world, everyone in the world. There's nothing he can't reach. It also talks about its length, how long God's love is. It's an eternal love. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Isn't that amazing? He said, I love you with an everlasting love. And not only do I love you, and my love will never stop, I draw you to, my, to me. God says, I want you to come to me. I want you to feel this love. I want you to be closer to me. If you're going to be rooted and grounded, then you need to be closer to God, the source of the love. God never stops loving and never stops pulling us closer to him in a relationship. It also talks about the depth of his love. It's an extreme love that goes deep to reach us. In Psalms 40, verse 1 through 3, the Bible says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. And he brought me up also out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. <laughs> he didn't come to save the best. Jesus wasn't born and put in a palace so only the rich people and the and the, the, the leaders of the world could come and see him. No, he was in a stable with farm animals where the lowliest people in the world came and seen him first, the shepherds. His love is for everybody. He didn't come down to pick out the best because there is no best. He didn't pick out those who deserve it because nobody deserves it. He came and died for the world. He picked everyone up out of the miry clay, cleaned us up and set us upon a rock. To make us secure in his love. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it a glorious time to be, to know that Christ loves us? It also talks about the type. It's an exalting love. His love takes us higher than we could ever go. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We don't have to wonder if we can go talk to God. We don't have to wait till one time a year and go to the temple and, 
and have a priest go and, and, and reach God for us. No, we can go to God anytime we want to with boldness because of Jesus Christ. Because he loves us, adopted us into his family as children, we can go to the Father anytime we want to. Ain't that a wonderful thing? I lost my dad last year. I can't call him anymore. I used to talk to him all the time. I, I, can't, I can't call him no more because he's gone. But our Heavenly Father, we can go to him anytime. And he has all the answers that we need. It is a wonderful concept that he took something out of the miry clay, set it on a rock, cleaned it up, and said, listen, now you can come to me anytime you want to. I don't care what you were. All I care is about what you are now. And that's that new song he put in our hearts. That we don't live for self anymore. We live for him because we know the love that he has for us. We are given complete access to God through the love of Jesus Christ. His love is all about God. Romans 8, 5, 5, 8 says, But God commanded his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If we listen to God's heart, we will discover that his heart beats out a message of love to all of us. We need to be careful every time we gather together to look to the cross to remind ourselves of the heart of God and his infinite love for us. It's wonderful. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, I may go Pentecostal here in a minute, I'm telling you. Uh, this is exciting times. It's exciting to think about the love of God. Finally, we must overflow with God's love. Look at verse 19. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth, uh, understand, uh, passeth knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. His love is way beyond our knowledge. That's why we don't sit, I don't sit down and try to figure it out. I don't look through here and I try to figure out why he loves us for us. There's got to be a reason here why he loves us. I don't care. It's, it's past my knowledge. I'll never get to the point where I understand that. And I'm fine with that. I don't need to understand that. I just need to take that love and run with it. God says, I'm going to fill you with my love. I'm going to fill you so that it overflows. This is more than learning about God's love. It is how you personally have experienced the love of Christ. The Bible doesn't just give us knowledge about his love. It reveals that we are the focus of his love. That's a wonderful thing. This whole book here, it's about Jesus. From the very beginning when Adam and Eve sinned and, and God punished them and kicked them out of the garden and death entered into the world and sin entered into the world. But he said... That one day I'll send one who, will, who Satan will bruise, but he will destroy and set up an eternal kingdom. He told Abraham, he says, through your descendants I'm going to set up an eternal kingdom that will never end. A kingdom of peace for all people who will believe. You will bless all people. From the very beginning, the Bible's about Jesus and, and his love for us and what he's going to do and the salvation he's going to bring and being born in Bethlehem and then going to the cross and dying. And then in Revelation, he's coming back and putting Satan in his place and ending evil and setting up that eternal kingdom on earth for all of us. It's all about Jesus, but it's also about his incredible love for us. It's focused on us. In, the, in, in Genesis, he... He spoke the world into existence, but not man. No, he picked up some clay and molded it. 
and shaped it in his hands and breathed life into it because we're special. We're created in his image. And he was not going to let us perish and go to hell without a, without a chance, without hope. And Jesus is that hope. What great love. From the very beginning, he desired a personal relationship with us. Sin destroyed that, but God restored it. And as we grow in, Christ, in God's love, it will fill us to the point where we can't contain it anymore. His love will overflow and flood to all those around us. John 15, 12, and 13 says, And this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his own life for his friends. It's a sacrificial kind of love. God said, I sacrificed my son to show you how much I loved you. Now I want you to sacrifice. He said, I don't want you to die. I want you to sacrifice. I want you to put others before yourself. I want you to love like I love. I want you to give like I give. I want you to represent Christ. I want the world to look at you and see Christ. I want the world to look at you and see his love. I want them to look at you and see there is salvation for everyone who believes. 1 John 4.10 says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, then we ought also to love one another. Praise God. Amen. Patty prayed for the homeless. You know what she did that for? Because of the love of God in her. She can't look around and see things going on and not, be, not feel something and not be concerned, and not be praying for someone else. Why? Because you love the way Christ loved us. God not only loves us, but he makes it possible for us to, to take his love and share it with the world. They desperately need to see the love of God. And they'll see it if we love them the way Christ loved us. And as we grow in God's love, it must overflow to all those around us. I hope you love like that. I hope you look around. You don't see enemies. You don't see fellow Christians. You just see people that God wants you to love. I want to close with a poem. And I don't know, I, I thought it was a poem when I first read it, but I think it might be the, a, a part of a song Jan might know. But it's about the love of God. I thought it was beautiful. <clears throat> it says, could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, and were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry, nor, would the, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. God's love has no bounds. It is never-ending. And Christ is all the proof that we need. So church today, live in Christ's love. Grow stronger in his love. And share his love with the world. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't know the condition of everybody's heart here today. I don't know your relationship with Christ. But I hope you have one. Because if you don't, you don't know love. And if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, it doesn't mean he doesn't love you and doesn't care about you. 
It just means that you don't know yet how much he truly does love you and how he wants to take away your sins and give you his righteousness and how he wants to adopt you into his family and take you away from being tied to this earth and make you a part of the kingdom of God for all eternity. That's the desire he has for you. Now all I have to do is believe. Believe that Mary was a virgin and she had a baby. That baby was the son of God. He grew up. Died and went to the cross for the sins of the world to give you eternal life. And church, if you're here today and you know Christ is your Savior, do you love like he loved you? He, didn't, he wasn't on the cross looking around saying, I hate you all for doing this to me. No, he, stood on, he was on that cross and he said, forgive them, Father, because they, for they know not what they do. That's love. Church of the world needs to see us loving Christ the way he loved us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for this season. Lord, we thank you for all the wonderful gifts that you give us. But none of them is greater than loving us. You don't care who we are. You don't care what we've done. You don't care the sins in our life because you know all of sin comes short of the glory of God. You don't care because you've made a, a way to give us the forgiveness of how we used to live and give us the love to live the way you want us to. Lord, help us to live for the kingdom of God. Father, I pray if there's anyone here today or anyone listening on Facebook that doesn't know you as their Savior, let this be the first Christmas they truly understand your love and the gift of your son that you sent to this world to give them a relationship with you. Lord, let them see that. Let them understand that you you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Father, thank you for loving us. For it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Oh, come, all you unfaithful. 